In this episode of the Mind's Eye Podcast, we are going to talk about the faulty thinking of the prejudiced mind. Is there any solid reasoning or logic behind such things as racism? Or are some people just inventing clever myths in their own minds that allow them to continue hating and even killing others? And what is the missing piece of this puzzle that so many people are not seeing or perhaps not even aware of? We're going to talk about it next. Stay tuned. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Mind's Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Paul James Caden, and today on the show, we are going to talk about the faulty thinking of the prejudiced mind. We didn't have a show this past Monday. Uh, I didn't intend for that to happen, but it was Valentine's weekend and also my birthday, so getting caught up in festivities and family time. Uh, just didn't make room for me to record uh, a show for Monday, but here we are on the Wednesday show, and I think we have a good topic to discuss. You know, prejudice, racism is alive and well in the world we live in right now, and we've probably seen more racism in the year of 2020 than we have in a very long time, which is disheartening to think that there are so many people, our family members, our friends, our co-workers, our neighbors, people that we know, love, like, and respect. And suddenly there's this mad rush out of the gate for everyone to speak about how despicable and animalistic or soulless or less than another group of people are. And uh, frankly, I've, I've been shocked at some of the individuals that I've seen come out with this kind of speech. And uh, I'm sure many of you listening to the show uh, have had that experience as well. But let's talk about this thing called, you know, being prejudiced or racist. What are some of the ideas and philosophies and beliefs behind this mindset? And I think it would behoove us all to really sit down and think about this especially if we're someone who is looking at another person. Maybe they're a different nationality. Maybe their skin is a different color. And maybe someone listening to this show right now is saying, oh, look at that person. They're less human than I am. They're not as smart as I am. They're not as evolved as I am. Somehow they are less in the human family. Or maybe you don't even consider them to be a part of the human family. They're more animal than human, in your opinion. 
And I think the really interesting thing about all of this is how many religious people and religious groups hold to this notion, this idea of racism, of prejudice against other groups of people. You know, how one can wave the Bible, speak the name of God, speak the name of Jesus in one breath and then look at another human being and say, that person is not even human or that person is less than I am. I hate that person is really a baffling mindset when you really think about it. When all of the holy books, all of the religious texts that we have in the world speak about hatred and how they frown upon hating our brothers and sisters, hating other human beings. But the idea comes across to some of these groups, some of these people, that therein lies the crux of the matter. These other individuals may not be fully human beings. Again, they're, they're more animals or walking meat suits without a soul. Here's an interesting fact that many of you uh, probably don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But there's always been division among men. People will look for any reason to be divided or against other people. It's black against white. It's white against yellow. It's this country against that country. It's man against woman. It's the upper class against the middle class and the poor against the rich. Man has always looked for ways to drive wedges and divisions in between himself and others. And we don't stop for a moment to think about if this is really a good thing to do. We never really stop and think, is this something that God would approve of? Even though in the Old Testament in the Bible, God tells the Jews to welcome the foreigner and the stranger among them. And if the foreigner and the stranger agrees to live by the Hebrew commandments and laws of the religion, then to accept that foreigner, accept that stranger as one of their own. Treat them as you would treat yourself. Treat them the same as you. We fail to see in the New Testament where Jesus said that if we say we love God but we hate our brother or hate our neighbor, then the love of God is not in us. And that we have, uh, we have no connection with God. We think we do, but we don't. The Quran even tells us, don't have hatred or bitterness or be aggressive toward a people who are different than yourself. 
So all of the religious texts put forth this notion. But yet we find ways to hate, to divide, to philosophize away this idea that we're hating another human being because of the way they look or the color of their skin. And you know, it was ignorance of the past. Even in Charles Darwin's book, talking about, you know, the evolution of species, uh, talking about that the black man, the black people in Africa were not as evolved as the white man in Europe. And so the black man in Africa was more akin to the animal kingdom than a human being. But you know, but no one ever stopped to think and realize that the education, the way of life between the white European man and woman was different to those tribes in Africa. Completely different education system, completely different way of life, completely different way of living life. Those tribes lived off the land. They didn't, you know, grab the credit card or, you know, the the pocket full of uh, gold coins and go down to the uh, Walmart and, uh, you know, buy the uh, zebra steaks or the, <laughs> you know, whatever it is they needed. No, they went out and they hunted. And it was the same thing with the Native Americans. When the white man came, you know, to America. Well, the, you know, the Indians, the, the red man, well, they're just, you know, dumb savages. We have to re-educate them. So right there, we're, we're, we're taking this stance, or they've t taken this stance in the past that because they were more educated or educated differently in the sciences, they could read, they could write, they had a more uh, civilized social order. That right away they looked at the black man and the red man and said, oh, they're more like animals. They're not as evolved as we are. I mean, this is like almost the same as a 40-year-old man or woman walking into a third-grade classroom or a fifth-grade classroom and seeing all these children who are maybe 10, 11, 12, they don't have the experience of life yet. They don't have, their education isn't entire yet. And looking at those children and go, oh, you know, these children uh, have a very different way of life. They, they go outside and they play. They play with toys. They have imaginary friends. They don't know anything about the banking system. Uh, you know, so they're less, they're not really human beings. They're more animalistic because they don't know what I know. 
I'm so much more highly evolved than they are. And when you really think about it, that's a pretty ignorant stance to take. But take that stance we did. And so people in the past began to take these African people from their home and put them in chains and make them slaves because, after all, they're just almost animals. And now here's the thing I talked about earlier that a lot of people uh, really don't understand. You know, we may look at this and say, man, you know, how could someone do that? How could someone be that cold? How could someone be that evil? How could someone be that ignorant? But see, later on, among the religious white man, this idea was dreamed up that it really wasn't a bad thing to enslave these black people. It really wasn't such a bad thing to abuse them. It wasn't such a bad thing to, you know, maybe kill some of them off or make it so their women couldn't have any more children. Because after all, they are more like animals than we are. And then came this idea. And whether this idea was out of sheer stupidity, ignorance, evil, or just a way for the people of the time to quell their own guilty conscience because they knew damn well that the Bible, their Bible that they read, spoke against this kind of thing, treating another human being in this way. So they went the step further. They're not only more animalistic than we are, but much like the animals, they don't have a soul. So when they die, they're not rising to the lofty heights of heaven that we are. They're just like the dog or the cat or the lion in the field. Once they die, they die. They're just animated meat sacks. And this is part of why they're so ignorant. They don't have a soul. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that and understand that many people who are prejudiced or racist today still believe that there are some individuals among us that don't have a soul. Therefore, it's okay to hate them. It's okay to kill them. Hell, it's even okay to wipe them off the face of the earth or wipe them out of existence in a certain country or nation. Herd them up like cattle. Do what we will with them because they're just animals. But now here's the question to people out there who are racist, who are prejudiced. How do you know that that 
black man or that red man or whoever it is that you're choosing to hate? How do you know in your infinite wisdom that you allegedly possess that that person doesn't have a soul? Are you God? Can you open them up and look inside of them? Do you have some kind of magic x-ray vision where you can look into the very depths of their being and go, aha, I knew they were no good. That's why they act like a bunch of animals, in my opinion, because they don't have a soul. How do you know? And if you are wrong, and you are, what does that mean? What does that mean for your hatred, for your abuse, for your killing, for your saying such horrible things against your fellow human beings? Can anyone go to the Bible, to the New Testament, to the Old Testament, to the Quran, and find any such verse in there that there's a group of people on the face of the earth, they have two eyes, two arms, two legs, a brain, they can think, they can speak, they can function, they can go to college and be educated just like you can. Some of them are more educated than their prejudiced, uh, you know, haters out there. They can do everything that you can do. And a lot of times do it better. You cut them, they bleed red. They have emotions, they laugh, they cry, they feel joy, they feel sorrow, they feel worry, they feel anxiety, they feel the whole spectrum of emotions that you feel. So how do you know and how can you say, oh, that person has no soul because they're a different shade of skin color? This is the epitome of ignorance, ladies and gentlemen. And these are the footsteps we follow in if we have the audacity to set back and judge other people based on such an incredibly stupid thing as their skin color, the country they came from, where they were born. But see, this whole conversation can get very frustrating because even though we can talk about these things and we can point these facts out and we can look at all of the holy books and see that they all say the same thing about treating people and treating people that are different than you with respect and kindness. There's still people out there, too many people out there, who will hang on to their hatred, 
and stitch together any scriptures that they can to make it say what they want it to say to allow them to still hate and kill and revile. But let's remember that repeated statement in the Quran. Woe to those who invent lies about God. Woe to those who say, I know. And this is what God said, and this is what God wants. But you invent these things, and you know not. And for me, those are some of the wisest words I've ever read in any religious text. Because those words are applied to religious leaders. Those words are applied to just everyday lay uh, religious people. Writing things down and saying, this is from God and thus saith the Lord. And we speak these things allegedly from God or about God. And all we're doing is speaking assumptions because we really don't know. And I'll tell you what, (laughs) in religion, we have an awful lot of assumptions. We have an awful lot of speculation. We have an awful lot of doctrines and dogmas that you won't find in the Talmud, the Tanakh, the New Testament, or the Quran. We'll find an awful lot of things written by religious leaders and gurus and people that like to put themselves in positions of education and power, saying, here's how we're supposed to worship God. Here's what God is like. Here's what God wants from us. And they speak nothing but lies and speculations from their own human reasoning. And because of that, we have an awful lot of people, religious groups, people, individuals, who take those same liberties. And they take those liberties in some very disturbing directions when it comes to how they treat women or children or animals or other human beings. They warp and they twist and they speculate and they assume and as the Quran says, they invent lies about God. To support their own horrible and distorted belief systems. And when it comes to racism, when it comes to being prejudiced, we see an awful lot of that going on. And it's both sides of the fence. We, you know, we have groups like the the black Hebrew movement, and you know, they're picking certain races and people out of the Uh, the Old Testament, and saying, oh, this was the birth of the white man, and he's the scourge of the earth, and, you know, all of that is very, um, 
speculative and anybody who's done any real uh, research and, uh, you know, knows history uh, knows that there's a lot of flaws and a lot of problems uh, with this uh, black Hebrew genealogy. Of course there were black Hebrews. You know, there were olive-skinned Hebrews, there were black Hebrews. I'll tell you one thing, there weren't any, I don't think there were any uh, you know, lily white Hebrews, you know, <laughs> walking around in Galilee, you know, at the time of Jesus. But through our own foolish ideas, we we make believe we make believe that there were. And I've heard people say, I've heard prejudiced people say, and I've read statements online where they would say, Jesus was a white man. And they really believe that. He wasn't black. He wasn't Jewish. He didn't have olive skin. He didn't have dark skin. This is propaganda. Jesus was a white man. How do you even figure that? It's just compounding our own delusions. Speculating about things. Assuming things. Because it continues to allow us to act like a bunch of rotten, backbiting, savage, foolish animals. And then we have the audacity to turn toward another group of people and say, look at those animals. They don't have a soul. When we act like we don't have the intelligence of a grasshopper half the time. It's absolute foolishness. And people will fight for their right to be ignorant. People will fight for their right to be hateful. People will fight for their right to be racist, prejudiced. People will fight for their right to kill other human beings on some religious, philosophical technicality because somehow it's okay in the eyes of God and the Bible condones it in some twisted, warped way so that I don't have to feel guilty, I don't have to think I will be accountable for what I've done, what I've said, what I've thought. That's how people think. But I wanted to bring that up in this podcast today. Whatever your religion may be, is it really right to hate another person based on their race, their color? Do the holy texts speak against this type of thing? As Jesus said, when the New Testament in the Gospels, it says, you know, love your brother. Do good unto your neighbor. Well, who is my neighbor? What was the story of the Good Samaritan? A lot of people don't understand that. Jews and Samaritans hated one another. You could go so far as to say that they were prejudiced against one another. And thought each other was wrong in their religion. 
a Jewish person would have nothing to do with a Samaritan, and a Samaritan would have nothing to do with a Jewish person. To one another, they were pretty much dogs. That's why when they asked the question, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus told the story of the good, you know, the good Samaritan. Because it was the Samaritan who came along, found the Jewish man beaten, robbed, and bleeding on the side of the road when the priests walked away from him. Everybody passed him by and just left him there bleeding. But the Samaritan came by, bandaged his wounds, cleansed his wounds, took him to an inn, put him up in a room, gave the innkeeper money and said, keep him here until he's better. I'll pay any difference when I come back to town. So who is my neighbor? Every human being. It doesn't matter what their nationality is. It doesn't matter what their religion is. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. That's, that is the crux of the story of the Good Samaritan. But it's lost on a lot of people. We just think, oh, Good Samaritan. We get our little slang phrase from that. It means he was just, oh, he was the Good Samaritan, the, the guy who came by and helped. The Good Samaritan. No, we don't realize that there were Jews and there were Samaritans in the, in the time of Jesus, and they hated one another. So a Samaritan helping a Jew laying on the side of the road who's been beaten and robbed and bleeding and unconscious, that would be a pretty big deal. So think about what Jesus was saying there. And think about what it means if you're hating other people based on religion, based on color, based on nationality. If you say you love God and you hate your brother, the love of God is not in you. Who is my brother? Who is my neighbor? the Good Samaritan, the stranger and the alien among you. If we want to try to ignore all of that and twist around words and meanings and scriptures and make up all kind of fables around certain tribes in the Old Testament to make them out to be evil people that we all need to kill in the modern day, it's it's your funeral it's your it's your eternity because in the end we will all return to god and we will take our deeds with us and we will stand accountable for them and if what i'm saying here is true what does that mean about your hatred toward another person because of their color their religion their nationality What does it mean if you kill them, abuse them, rail against them, and make up fables in your own mind that it's okay to do so because they don't have a soul like you do? As I always say, 
be really sure that what you're saying is the truth. Because if you're wrong, you're opening up a whole can of worms that you're really going to regret when this mortal body lays down one day and the real you steps into eternity. Many are called, but few are chosen. Again, throughout all the holy books, it always talks about that remnant who, that remnant that will come through in the end. Many will call out, Lord, Lord, but he will say, I never knew you, depart from me. The Quran says in the last days that the worst people among you will be the religious leaders and those of the faith. There will be such evil and twisting of the religion that a righteous man will not even want to leave his house because the evil outside in the world will be so numerous. And there will only be the few who are on the straight path of God. This world has an awful lot of mental and spiritual pollution in it. And it seems for whatever reason, most people want to run and grab a hold of that mental and spiritual pollution and just lay claim to it. Believe it. Start acting and thinking and speaking in ways that are just mind-blowing to think about. And yet they'll say, it's okay, it's all right. We're God's people, we're doing the right thing. We, we got this, we got it right. It's like sitting down every night to a dinner of rotten meat and festering moldy vegetables and saying, it's good food, nothing wrong with it. Eat, indulge, fill your stomachs, fill your body with the filth and the rot and the mold and the maggots and the worms. Now that sounds disgusting. But there's also mental food and spiritual food that we all partake of every day. And maybe we don't put it in our mouth and chew it and swallow it. But that mental and spiritual food can be just as full of rot and worms and mold. And just nastiness. Be careful what you feed yourself and be careful what you let other people feed you. How many times did the prophets and sages of old have to tell us that this world will be so corrupted, even religion will be so corrupted in those final days. Be careful, don't run with the way of the world. Stay out of it. Stay away from it. Don't follow these evil leaders and blind guides. Yet everybody seems obsessed with following someone these days. Following into fanatical religion, following into hatred, following into racism, following into prejudice. Do we want to belong that badly that will take on that mental and spiritual poison? 
full of maggots and worms and rot just so we can feel like we're not alone in this world, that we belong to something? Because you hear a lot of people say that. I know it's not right, but it's nice to feel like I belong somewhere. And they treat me like family here. Well, I got news for you. If your family is a bunch of people that hate everybody outside of the family, hate other human beings, think they have no soul, think it's all right to kill them and treat them like animals, with friends like that, you don't want any enemies. And I think it's high time that a lot of people sit back and really think about what they believe and what they carry around within themselves as the truth. But the sad thing is, many will not because they don't want to. They want what they're involved in to be right. They want what they're thinking to be right. They want what they're feeling to be right. They want their hatred to be right. But think of that in the spiritual and religious context. Can hatred and murder and violence ever be right? Maybe that's the context that we should ponder all of this in. And while we ponder, I thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope everyone out there is well and had a wonderful Valentine's Day with uh, your significant other or the person that you love. And why not take a little bit of that love and show it to those around you. No matter what nationality they are, no matter what color their skin is, because we're all human beings and we're all brothers and sisters. I thank you again for listening. I'll talk to you next time here on the Mind's Eye Podcast.